hi everyone, uh, it's Yan Chen, and welcome to the first episode of the Inside Education and Society podcast. And before we start, I'd like to take a short moment to specify the mission and purpose of this podcast uh, to our listeners. And the Inside Education and Society podcast is here to guide our listeners through the happenings of education in different countries. And we also want to identify and deconstruct the educational practices around the world and to show how they interact with their respective societies and different cultures. Okay, so let's get started. Um, in today's episode, we will be talking with Yuna McKinnon, and the Finnish ambassador of the Sonar Diplomacy. And you're going to hear about the current state of Finnish education environment, what makes it unique, and what are some of the misconceptions people might have about the Finnish education system. So welcome to our show, Yuna. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, so uh, let's get started. Um, many people have heard of Finland's well-known education system, and it is considered an ideal model of like which children perform very well on standardized tests and on many other kinds of um, topics such as PISA. While it doesn't overemphasize these performances, but few people really know about what Finnish education system is like. So could you please just give, a, give us a brief description of the education system so yeah for sure um well i'd give you the whole picture of um what the whole school journey of one individual would look like um so you'd start with daycare obviously when you're eight months old to five years and that would be universal and free for everyone in finland um and after that you'd go to preschool which is one year of preschool which is free as well and it concentrates on children's social skills and it's lots of playing involves making friends which after that you'd go to um, primary school at age seven six around that age and you'd have primary school for six years so you got six years of primary school after which you'd go to secondary school which are the years seven to nine so it would be three years of secondary school um which after that um that would be the comprehensive school all in all those nine years um which are mandatory as well so after that you'd usually go to an academic school or a vocational school which would be another three years on top of that um and you basically after you finish your ninth year you get to choose whether you want to take the academic path or if you want to take the vocational path. There's also an option to do both combined where you can, where you'd usually do four years instead of three years. Um, or you could also, um, you could also, when you choose the academic path, you can also, um, if you, if you stress about it too much, if you feel like you can't manage to do it in three years, you could stretch it for four years or sometimes even five years. And obviously the academic path would prepare you for university and you'd usually go to university from 
the academic path, which is called upper secondary school. So you'd have the three years upper secondary school and then you'd go to university. And the vocational school, you'd qualify yourself in some vocation and after which you could go to a kind of higher third level vocational school. Yeah, so you have basically lots of choices and that would be the daycare, preschool, nine years of comprehensive school and then three years of academic or vocational school. Can you tell us more about how a school day in Finland is like? Yeah, sure. Um, like you'd usually, you'd usually go to school at like, let's say eight or nine a.m. Um, then you have, you always have 45 minutes. So your um, lessons would be 45 minutes long. And then you'd have a 50 minute break that you'd usually spend outside um, playing with the other kids, so to say. Um, and so you had the 45 minutes, one subject, let's say you had Swedish class for 45 minutes, you'd learn Swedish and then you'd go and have your break. And then you had the next class, it might be maths or arts or sports or anything like that. And then um, that would be, and then you'd have a lunch break on top of that, which would be a half an hour-ish, I think would be a lunch break. And we do have, we have free school lunch in Finland every single day. Mm-hmm. So it's really something that the government has put money into as well, um, that we get free school food that you really don't see in many countries. And then, yeah, and then you'd have like maybe four different classes a day and then it would be end of school and you could leave and do whatever you want. Yeah. How do people usually decide between academic schools and vocational schools? And how do students um, get these informations to help them make decisions? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I know, for example, compared to um, Germany, for example, which ha- does have a system where they have to, they have to, students have to choose between a more academic kind of path or a more vocational kind of path way earlier. I think it's at um, year five of the year five-ish. Um, and in Germany, the teachers usually and the parents have a conversation together and they see how well the students perform in school and if they should choose the academic path or the vocational school. Um, but in Finland, it really everything comes from the students who obviously freely get to decide whichever path they want to make. And so you'd usually in ninth grade, you have to apply for schools and there are different academic schools and different vocational schools. And you put down a list where you want to go. And obviously if you perform well in school, um, you might want to choose academic school. And if you don't perform as well, you might rather choose vocational school because it's obviously also an easier path and you don't have to study that much anymore. Um, but it's really up to the individual. And also um, for, I mean, I went to an academic school, so an upper secondary school, and you'd, you'd have, for example, you'd have, if you come from a bigger city, you'd have maybe five upper secondary schools to choose from, and you'd write down your favourite school where you want to go. But um, if the school is really popular where you want to go to and many students want to get there, you'd need to have a 
quite a good grade average as when there are more people like in university you see when there are more people trying to get somewhere it's obviously harder to get in because they're only limited places you can do the same game with vocational school where you decide oh i'm really interested in agriculture or i'm really interested in i don't even know what you can do really <laughs> but you have your own kind of idea of what kind of career you want to pursue or something and then you obviously put those higher than the other ones and see what happens yeah in some uh, situations it's like oh i'm finishing my nine year comprehensive schools and then suddenly i have to choose or i have to make some decisions about my following life and students got confused what i'm going to do now what i'm going to attend to which kind of schools i'm going to there's sometimes not so much information for them to decide yeah um that's definitely a good point like um it is a big step and a big choice for for every student in finland and i'd say obviously we do have students slash career counseling whatever you like to call it in schools that helps you to kind of gives you different options, lays down different options and helps you kind of to guide you whatever you might to want to choose and what to do in your life. Um, but it is quite a young age because you'll be 16, 15 or 16 when you leave ninth year. That might be quite a big, it might seem like a really big um, choice in your head because you basically have to plan your whole future. But it's actually not like that. So... Obviously, if you take the academic track, you can always, you can always afterwards go to a vocational school as well. So you could do the three years of academic school, um, which is, it's all almost like kind of general learning and it doesn't really prepare you for anything in that sense. So it just widens your knowledge in general and go to a vocational school afterwards. Or you can always, when you choose to go to a vocational school and you think, oh, this was my wrong choice. Um, I should have gone to an academic school. You can still apply for an academic school. You can obviously um, drop out of the vocational school and then go to an academic school. And there's also an option because you can always um, apply for universities even though you went to a vocational school, hmm. which is way more difficult um, than going through the academic pathway obviously but um because we do have entrance um exams in schools in universities i mean we do have entrance examinations in universities so you can still manage to do really well in those when you go to vocational so after you went to a vocational school and still get into university we've just mentioned about the nine years comprehensive schools and after that, you attend to either academic schools or vocational schools and then university. From what, what you know or what you, you've heard about, are there any differences between these schools? Well, obviously, between the academic, academic schools and vocational schools, yeah, yeah. obviously, vocational school, you concentrate on the actual um, thing that you're doing, would it be an agriculture or would it be something completely different? Obviously, you concentrate on that. But in vocational schools, I want to make clear, you'd still have some basic um, academic subjects as well. You'd have, usually, you'd have English 
you'd have um our second national language so depending you'd have Swedish or Finnish and you'd probably have maths and Finnish or Swedish as your first language as well um but in those academic schools there's really no difference between those different schools even though they do get ranked like um based on the end of the year examinations whichever schools perform the best and um you you basically they are ranked but it doesn't really affect your choice that much because you'd usually go into the kind of the the school that you could still kind of get into because there is that kind of competition um between students in which schools um people want to go and obviously it's more difficult to get into those schools and then you just usually you put down the school that you could still manage to get into um but it's not like you could it's almost impossible not to get to any academic school and there are some which require almost absolute no difficult grades to get from your um ninth year um end end exams um final exams but um yeah so there's no actual difference between those schools even though it's more difficult to get in some of them and easier to the others and how about um the comprehensive schools if we're talking about the differences um in terms of the teaching methods and curricula so um in finland we do the government lays down guidelines um on what has to be taught in schools um basically it usually um it usually concentrates on um yeah it usually concentrates on the goals of teaching so it would be it would be for example if if the government has laid down a guideline for for example history it'd be like oh you need to make students understand what what was finland's role in the second world war for example mm-hmm. and but it really depends on the schools and the municipality what they want to or how they approach that goal and how they're going to teach it um so it's really up to the individual schools and cities and municipalities in finland how they want to approach the teaching um but usually because they they are based on school books obviously and there's only a limited number of school books that schools can choose yeah. from um then the teaching will be quite similar in all the schools there wouldn't be any drastic differences between them but they do have right. quite a lot of freedom in that sense since we've all heard about the upside of finnish education system and i'm wondering what do you think that makes the finnish education system unique or special i'd say there are quite a lot of reasons why the finnish school system works so well and why finnish students perform so well on an international scale i think there are many important factors to it but um i'd say that one of the one of the most important ones is the kind of relationship between teachers and students there's a high you could say that there's a high degree of trust between both teachers and students and they both engage a lot in self-evaluation and it's it's very normal 
um, for students to also give feedback to teachers and tell them what they did well and what they could kind of develop in and what works for the students the best. So also the teachers will have to adapt to a different class, obviously, because it is filled of different kind of learners every single year. And they basically just try to do the best, what is best for the students, as you'd imagine. Um, yeah, and it's really, um, there's no there's no such formality between, or even hierarchy between teachers and students that you would see in many other countries. Um, and I feel like it's really easy for students to approach their teachers, ask for questions, ask for help, um, and kind of address them as if they'd be more like friends than actually teachers in that sense, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, I think that, or it's actually a fact that teachers in Finland are actually highly trained and they all must have a master's degree, even in, which is quite special, um, which is quite unique for Finland that on an international scale, when you look at the international scale, that um, teachers must have a master's degree, even though they'd only teach first or second year um, students. And so they'd have that kind of really professional background as well. And they do get constant retraining. And you can really see that, for example, if we get a new reform for school system, you'd constantly see your teachers going to training, kind of learning off that. And that happens like once in four years, maybe. Literally every single new government basically gives us a new reform for a school system. Um, yeah. And the other things I feel like it's really important. We don't really have any, um, any kind of standardized examinations. The only standardized exams that we have are the very final exams. And that's basically it that we get in the academic um, school. So in upper secondary school, in the end of that. And that really takes out all the competition that you'd see in other countries between students. So that doesn't really exist. There's, there's no ranking, no league tables, nothing like that. You wouldn't um, rank nobody, no individual could say who is the best, who is the worst in the class, or nobody could prove in any way because you wouldn't know each other's grades if you wouldn't ask them, ask for them from each other. Um, and I think that that kind of puts everyone in the same place. You've said that there's almost no standardized test in Finland. And I'm wondering that how do teachers examine their students' learning effect? Well, I think it's actually quite easy. Um, obviously, the teachers, you would have normal tests and exams and whatever, this and that. And the teachers could obviously see which students are better than others, which students perform better in that specific subject. And they'd get a lot of support. So obviously the teacher might give a kind of extra attention to students that might have difficulties in learning or that might not perform as well in that subject. And usually that that's also a big difference between Finland and other countries. I feel like it's lots of concentration towards the least performing students or the worst performing students 
um, rather than um, putting more energy into the best ones um, because there's no such ranking that you see in other countries. So you'd really kind of put all your energy into those who perform the worst and kind of concentrate and um, kind of show them more um, show them more support so that they could develop their own learning. And I feel like that really helps. Do you think the Finnish society has something to do with this? Is it about the culture? I, I do think so in a way, yes. Um, I feel like the Finnish culture isn't so um, individualistic as you see in many Western countries. And so it is lots about helping each other and taking care of each other as well that you see in wider society as well even how the government acts and us being a very social democratic country in that sense um yeah so i'd say it is really a cultural thing how do uh, societal influences or values in finland influence the education system that's a really difficult question um one thing i'd say at least i think critical thinking is such a big thing in Finnish schools. Like I'd maybe even go and say that that's the number one thing that we learn in school is to be able to critically examine things and kind of give your own opinion on those things and fact check, fact check, fact check. And um, I'd say it's a lot of, um, they do, teachers tend to say stuff like, oh, don't always um, just read things out of the books. And even obviously the school books are flawed in some sense as well. And they're not always 100% accurate. And we do have, we do learn to kind of cope with today's internet and to actually, in, even in Finnish class, for example, we learn to consume news and to see what kind of news might not be as trustworthy as the other kinds and how to google stuff how to go through the internet and to actually find the answers to the questions that you want to know yeah i think that's a that's a big part of it yes and do you think um it's becoming more difficult in this era that people get different informations on the internet so quickly and so widely i think that's that's really important at the moment i think it's really difficult nowadays to actually when you go onto the internet and you see a tabloid or a piece of news um usually you would just take their word right if you'd see even if you'd see something in 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 a newspaper that's um for you you think that it's really trustworthy and unbiased you'd still find out that no newspaper is actually unbiased and you, you'd have to have that skill to be able to read the newspaper and to understand where they come from, what, what, are they, what are their values, why would they say things like this? And I think that it really helps. It definitely really helps nowadays. Since we've heard so many good stuff, uh, so to speak, about Finnish school system. And there are also some misconceptions people might have about it. For example, I've read 
on the internet which says Finnish students do not get homework at all. Uh, can you tell us about whether it's true or not? Yeah, I, I once saw a documentary <laughs> like that myself where they stated that Finnish students would not get any kind of homework, but that is not true. Um, we do get loads of homework, at least it feels like loads of homework, even though it might not be compared to other countries, but we definitely do get homework. And what's the homework like? Um, it'd be, I'd, I'd say it's quite normal. It'd be, um, oh, complete these two chapters of the book, or um, do these 10 math problems, or things like that, that you probably have in other countries as well. And also... Some people said that in these years, Finnish government decided to drop the old systems, which was subject-based. There's not going to be any subject concept in Finnish school, like arithmetic, languages, etc. Is that also true? No, that's definitely not true. And uh, it was actually the previous government who... Um, they come up with a new kind of reform and they wanted to kind of change the schools in a way that um, students would, students could basically um, dive into one, one specific issue or subject um, way more and really kind of, really kind of learn things surrounding one, one specific area. So they, they try to change the system in a sense that giving you an example for example giving you an example um if if they'd wanted to teach students about the environment then they go on and implement that in different subjects at the same time so that students would get a wider understanding of that one issue that we have so you let's say you'd have um, climate change as an issue in you'd look at climate change in biology and geography um, then you might look in politics class you might look at the effects of climate change and in history you'd look at how people have used environment nature in in history um, or throughout history and things like that you might read um poetry about nature in Finnish class and things like that. Yeah, so it's still, it's definitely still such a place. And that was basically the main idea of the new reform. But I don't think that the implementation has been that strong. Like you wouldn't really maybe notice that if you're going to a normal school and listening to a class, you wouldn't really notice that that much. Okay, thanks for clarifying that for us. And since you've just brought up about the government, um, what do you think the role of the government plays in Finnish education system? Um, I think that the government in itself, obviously it decides over the budget. So yeah. obviously the fiscal year, it might be different how much Finnish schools receive and how much they put into education, but I haven't really seen any changes in that. Um, but other than that, I think obviously they do um, they do um, make new reforms for the school system, but it's actually not the, it's not really the government or the parliament siding on those things. They put together a 
group of experts in fields of teaching, they would then um, listen to them and they would put up kind of a new reform, which would then be accepted by the parliament or the government. And so it's not really, it's not really to politicians or, um, or any kind of big companies or anything like that, that decides on that decides on the school system like you'd see in many other countries. We've just mentioned some misconceptions about Finnish school systems and we've clarified two misconceptions which were both false. Um, where do you think these conceptions might come from? Do you have any idea about that? I think that as the Finnish school system is highly praised um, worldwide, I think it's just it's just natural that such misconceptions would come about. Um, but I'd also say because when we look at, for example, PISA rankings nowadays, and we see Finland kind of standing out on the kind of on the best marks in those rankings and on the very top of those rankings, and compared to the other top countries like you'd see China and Japan and all of East Asian countries, which really obviously concentrate on education as well, but where we really used to hear stories, how much students have to learn and how many school hours they have and how stressful it might be for them um, to stay up in those rankings. That really makes Finland stand out in a way that um, we have quite a moderate amount of um, teaching and learning and there's lots of free time for students and there's a big emphasis for younger students at least to play and socialize as well and not just actually concentrate on learning so i feel it's just natural for people to have kind of misconceptions such as finnish students wouldn't have any homework as finland is kind of known for being so good in rankings with less teaching and learning. How much time do Finnish students usually spend in schools? I, I'd say, I just, it's just my estimates. I'd say, um, obviously, in the first kind of years in primary school, you maybe have four hours of school. Um, but when you get to secondary school and upper secondary school, you'd go to five, six hours um, a day in school. And then on top of that, you'd have your homework and you do some learning outside of school which would maybe be one hour maybe two hours the most so there isn't actually that much or so many hours that student would spend for learning obviously if there's an exam coming up you obviously kind of learn at home as well for that but other than that we do have quite a lot of free time from the Finnish experience of education system if it could pick one thing, one point, and to share it to the other countries, what would it be? I'd be, the most important one would probably be the relationship between the teachers and the students, and it being so um, free and informal between the students and the teachers, and that kind of trust and help that you get from each other that it really shows and it, it gets way more personal. It's kind of like on a way more personal level than you'd see in many countries in relationship between students and teachers. And I think that really helps. That really helps for the teachers as well to really know their students 
and to know what kind of what kind of based learning really or what kind of based teaching really helps those individual students and what approaches should be taken to help them so Thanks to Yuna for sharing the experiences of Finland's education system to us. And thanks for listening to the first episode of the Insight Education and Society podcast. Please join us next time as we discuss more about global education and society.